0: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season.
1: Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson, joining me as ever in the broom cupboard, editor Chochan Trahan. Hello. Mate, first one back for me. For you, Very yeah. Nice, uh, without me last week. Well, uh, everything all right? Brilliant! One of the best pods ever. They, really? was, they were saying the yeah. best ever. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been. That's what I've heard as well. Anyway, I'm back. Seems like ages since we were here. All right, let's kick off. A League, uh, two games last night, midweek round. Rearranged round nine game uh, that was cancelled. Uh, due to Perth's inability to travel. How many times have we said that? Mm-hmm. But this was <laughs> literally their inability yeah. to travel. I, I wish they
0: hadn't travelled to this game as well while I was watching it.
1: Uh, well, it's <laughs> good that you were watching it, because many weren't, myself included, because some of us have to work. Uh, 5.30 on a weekday yeah. in Campbelltown. Probably not the best uh, best time to have it, but the, yeah, it the, was on, nonetheless.
0: The, the listed crowd, 5,505. Really? Um, it Even sounds like a made-up crowd number, doesn't it? I, I don't, I don't know how many people were there actually, but I mean, if, if so, um, in terms of the timing and, and location, that's not a bad turnout. Really, that's probably all right. Yeah,
1: I suppose the kids are still off, which is the one saving grace. Uh, it was pretty much a game to forget, though. Really, it wasn't. It's
0: was hot. I mean, it looked like it was hard work. It was, yeah, it looked like it hard work playing in it, but it was even harder work trying to watch it. And it was hot. It was scorching hot. It, um, Yesterday, um, and the you know drinks break during the game and what have you, but I'm still not sure that was a good enough excuse for for how dire it was. And uh, you know, I say no offence to Sydney and Perth, but it's probably quite an offensive comment. But some of the worst games that I've seen this season have involved those two. So when they played each other, um, I had a feeling it, it might not be the best of games.
1: Well, Sydney uh, opened the score in Mark Bridge uh, in the last minute of the first half, and then uh, their final. I mean, is, is it fitness? Is it concentration? Is it a combination of the two? But again, I mean, we'll talk about Saturday's game in a, in a minute, but again, they were uh, robbed of a victory by a, a late goal um, uh, uh, with Hughes's header from a corner.
0: I think it seems to be an emphasis on protecting a slender lead rather than trying to build a bigger one. You know they get their noses in front, then I think that's a good that's a good time to you know go and get a second and and try and kill off the game where it's felt in the last couple of games that you know they, they've got that goal and you know they're not going to be the most free scoring of teams. So then they try and sit
1: on it, which is a really dangerous thing to do. And if he had his time again, would Scott Jomerson let go of that post and follow the ball? Do you think?
0: No, it's, no, no, almost certainly. I mean, if you are going to make the decision to go onto the post. um then you may as well actually stay on the post, mind you. I mean, there's nothing wrong. You know, this is a discussion I've had recently. I don't know if you read the, I think it was the Secret Football and Guardian, wasn't it? He, he was saying about. You know, the reason we don't put men on the post quite often is because, you know, they'll clear 100 balls if they're actually in the centre of the penny area. Well, they might clear one or two on the post all season. So you don't necessarily yeah. need someone on the post. But if you are going to
1: go on the post, then at least stay there until the ball's cleared. Well, I mean, one of the other benefits of not having people on the post is the goalkeeper knows it's his job. Yeah. Because sometimes you get it where... the <laughs> The, go- the player heads the ball the goalkeeper goes there's someone on the post and leaves it and that player has gone walkabout and drifted off the post and it, and it yeah. just loops in um, OK uh, I mean where does this leave Levitska you know I mean he said in the media in the lead up to this game that it was a must win game for Sydney FC so do you I mean there, there's talk that you know he, not lost the dressing room but it looks like a team that has stopped responding to his coaching yeah, I mean, I don't find anything particularly inspiring about Sydney and watching them
0: and I don't think they've got enough, you know, match winners in there and yeah, it, it, it does feel a little bit stale and, you know, you'd have to feel that, I mean, I think Sydney will probably creep into the finals but the only way Levichka might be given any sort of grace is if they somehow from that, like a lowly finals place, go on to win it would be to save his job I would be close to one hundred percent sure they'll have a different coach at the start of next season.
1: Yeah, and it, you know, and, and I think I think it was Tom Smithies was was on Twitter last night saying, you know, like the is, is a you know a, an absolutely lovely bloke. Everybody he's, likes he's him. He's
0: one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's, but it
1: just seems that he's stopped getting through to the players, or you know, his ideas have run out, and you know, so I think. Uh, I think I agree to Where I, I think I disagree with you is I think Sydney are going to struggle to make the finals.
0: Well, uh, I, was, I was just simply
1: because they're are they're, they're only a point ahead of Melbourne and Adelaide, and I would say Melbourne and Adelaide both have more momentum going into the last sort of you know ten games of the season than New than coaches as yeah. well,
0: you know, the, a little bit of and and that may be an indication of you know it? If, if those two creep into the finals, at you know, the expense of one of the spots at Sydney, then you'd have to say perhaps Sydney should have changed up during the
1: season. Yeah. Alright, uh, the second game last night Melbourne Heart against the Mariners Melbourne will be Melbourne Heart not for the first time this season will be wondering how they didn't win that game or at least get something out of it uh, having pummeled the Mariners for large parts of this and the Mariners can thank Matt Ryan for some, uh, for some Herculean dif- uh, goalkeeping yeah. to keep them out and then uh, classic football down the other end eight, 88th minute 87th minute Adam Kwasnick smart finish good ball in Hamill will have nightmares about that just lost completely where uh, where Kwasnik was and he uh, he finished it nicely though I mean not half volley great finish three points back up to Gosford nine point lead in the in the uh, in the in the league I mean the thing is about the Mariners they always
0: find a way to win don't they even when you know everything seems to be going against them, and they, you know, they quite as many chances, and they're getting hammered, they somehow find a way to win games, which is a, a
1: pretty commendable quality. And they've lost Matt Simon now. Being, Graham you know, Arnold could have turned up at the post-match press conference and played a recording of that Ian Holloway famous post-match wrap-up. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. Not the best, not the best looking, the best looking one, like, you know. But we're both happy. We'll
1: tell t- t- you, I'll have a cup of tea. <laughs> Um, alright so that was the two games last night as we said that was a combination of round 15 and round 9 uh, games at the weekend uh, let's do them in order Jim Magilton's, uh Melbourne victory career followed pretty much Merit Jarakovic's Melbourne victory career which was uh, Melbourne started really strongly got in front uh, but just couldn't hold the lead yeah we, we talk about it's how like blind dog owner yeah
0: <laughs> got on to lead yeah um, talk about the Mariners find a way to win victory find a way not to win don't they? they they get themselves in strong positions they've got the players you think everything's set up to sort of turn the corner and they'll somehow you know do something to sort of throw it all away um, Jim oh he can't coach anyway can he Jim McGill and you know where he's from so uh, you know <laughs> don't know why they bother don't know why they even bothered appointing him Um, and Adelaide Adelaide are oh, greatly improved under and you know Cosby unbeaten and, and yeah you know a, a new cosy
1: flying the flag for B license holders
0: everywhere <laughs> unbeaten <laughs> love it and um, you know in, in, I thought this earlier in the season when I was watching victory in Adelaide in terms of the quality of players these two have got you know and goal scorers and creative players that both of them sit outside of the table um, sorry sit outside of the, the finals positions at this stage of the season is incredible
1: yeah I mean they got off to a flying start I mean they, they could have had a couple before they went in the lead and they, they, they scored in the 6th minute Archie Thompson uh, continuing his, uh, his goal scoring exploits and particularly against Adelaide um, but then Van Dijk pegged it back just 8 minutes after the break smart finish this It looked first look it looked like he had loads of time and why didn't they close him down but then when you watched it the second time it's just such a smart quick change of body position to take it first time, that you realise that it was actually a, a very, very good finish.
0: And that was Archie Thompson's 60th A-League goal ever, wow. um, you know, which is an incredible amount of goals, especially as he had a, a large period out injured as well, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's, that's some record. Uh,
1: and you'd probably say that on the, on the balance of the last half an hour, it would be Adelaide that would come away disappointed that they didn't go on and win it
0: yeah exactly yeah, yeah so, I mean, that, that's a kind of good time to get back into the game isn't it approaching the hour and then you, you've got a, that bit of momentum for the last half hour alright
1: uh, the Mariners F3 derby was Saturday um, they got a point uh, Patrick's fans uh, salvaged a point for the Mariners after uh, Labino Haliti new Labino Haliti Labanoliti that has now stopped taking his shirt off when he scores. Finally, oh, somebody he- has ex- held- <laughs> somebody's <laughs> explained to him, mate. If you score five goals, you're going to miss a game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's good to see that he's finally learnt. Um, you know one, one thing on a quick aside, I was hmm. watching some classic
0: football the other day, some like sixties and seventies stuff. How little they celebrated <laughs> when they scored goals. It was. Basically, just they start, they'd pretty much run straight back, wouldn't they? Yeah. So the, g- when people score goals these days, it's like a lottery win, isn't it? <laughs> they really go over the top.
1: Yeah, and it's the old George Best, uh, George Best just raised fist, just sort of like, you know, walked back. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, know. a lot of it was all that. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I think there was more. There was more, like, signature celebrations in those days than there is now. I don't think, you know, people don't own a celebration now. There was, yeah. like, the George Best one. There was the Bobby Charlton, you know. So I think uh, I think it was a bit more spontaneous now. But, yeah, uh,
0: people just, yeah.
1: But a lot more chaotic for it, I
0: yeah, think. Yeah, a, I mean, Alan, Alan Shearer's, I mean, in more recent times. Yeah. I mean, it, it fitted his personality, didn't it? Alan Shearer's <laughs> celebration? Well,
1: the same thing, just one, over and over <laughs> Just again. one
0: hand up. <laughs>
1: All right, let's talk about probably the most uh, talked-about game last weekend. <laughs> certainly, we're only adding to that reputation by talking uh, about Brisbane two, Sydney FC one. Um, again, you'd probably say only Sydney mm. could have a corner in the ninety-third minute with five minutes of injury time. Forget where five minutes of injury time come, came. One-nil up, third minute of injury time of five. Lose (laughs) 2-1. I mean, that is the archetypal snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the action on the pitch first, or, well, whilst the game was going on on the pitch. Um, Trev. Yep. Was this the sort of spark that Brisbane needed to sort of get them back? You know, massive echoes of the grand final there, you know, Mm. the the great escape. Yeah. is this what they need to sort of kick-start their last 10 games?
0: Well, I mean, Brisbane under that and year, I mean, that's one of the comments Ange made after the grand final. I, I remember speaking to him and saying, you must have thought it was gone. And he went, well, no, it didn't, because for the whole season, we've been getting late goals and we've been, we've been bouncing back. So it kind of defines the and year of these late goals. However, there was also plenty of games where they just controlled from start to finish and they got a goal, you know, one goal either half and it, it never really looked like... They weren't going to win so I still don't think this is you know this still isn't the type of performance that you want to feel like you know you can announce that you've turned the corner on two really really late goals because that's not going to happen every week um, they still don't quite look back to their to their former peak but you know certainly encouraging for the players and to know that they're able to do this and you know it was important that they they won again you know especially at home to a Sydney team that looked far from impressive.
1: Yeah, and obviously, you know, let's talk about the finish. I mean, a, a great free kick from Adnan, and then the uh, and then the momentum just swung completely, and that's where you sort of see Sydney's lack of confidence come in, and, and Brisbane just you know flooded forward, and uh, and Barisha with the winner. Um, I mean, let's talk about what happened at the. Uh, at 90 minutes. <laughs> it was quite funny, really. I love that. Um, <laughs> th- it, it was quite a weird one because, obviously, subsequently, we've been shown footage, although no one picked it up at the time, mm. of Partaloo refusing to shake Boschart's hand before the game as they walked down the line. Yeah. Um, so this was obviously previous from an earlier game in the season. It didn't just all happen in this game. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, was it Boschart, Barisha, uh, Sorry, Barisha Partaloo. There was one other... Brisbane player it might be Mitch Nichols that didn't shake his hand or something. Right. Um, so there was obviously previous, and, that, and then it flowed out during the game. But it did look at that point when they were both together with the referee that they'd sorted it out. Yeah. And it was like you know, but then obviously uh, Barisca took his shirt off and said, "Come on then, let's finish it outside." And uh, all hell broke loose, including Nick Meredith, of Fox Sports acting as a peacemaker. Yeah. Few of the players. Um, I've,
0: I, I tell you, what, if, if you do get into a fight. And you think, well, I might lose this, but I'm going to get a mental edge. Take off your shirt first, because then people just think he's a lunatic. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to fight him. That was a really interesting move, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was almost juvenile, though, wasn't it? The sort of because I thought they understand the final whistle blows, and players always say, "No, nah, no, nah, it's you know, once the final whistle's gone, it's over." But it clearly wasn't. The guy just struck the winner as well, yeah. so you know, every, every reason not to still be fired up.
1: Yeah, I mean it took a while. I mean it was still going on, like you know, five, six, seven minutes later, he was on the pitch with uh, with Zelko Kalach and stuff like that. So yeah, um, <laughs> get involved, yeah. you know. I think he calmed down a bit then. <laughs> Tiring
0: wallflower that Kalach is.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean they've and the FFA have said that they haven't got a case to answer. They've they've been asked to please explain. I think mean, they they might still charge the two teams with failure to to um, keep control of their players. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it was to be honest, it was a little bit of handbags, really, wasn't it? I mean, there wasn't actually a punch thrown by anyone. No. Lots of pushing and shoving. No, it was just an insane offer to a flight outside. <laughs> Plenty of headlines. Yeah, it was one of those, like... It's like when someone goes, I'll bet you a million pounds. that They're not. Yeah. They haven't got a million pounds to bet. It's like, you know it was an offer to finish it outside that was never going to end up being finished outside because mm. what was going to happen happened
0: do it, you remember the Arsenal fans who had a run the length of the pitch to sell back yeah. and they all did their
1: pretend let me at him's <laughs> Come on, yeah. let, me, let me at him. <laughs> yeah exactly the same <laughs> brilliant love it All right, Melbourne Heart Perth Glory uh, got a vital away win um, not bad on the you know we talk about uh, Perth Australia, they've actually had a pretty good run on their travels uh, the last few games so yeah. uh, this win year? The, against the Melbourne win. Hart, um, uh, Amy Park, and obviously Hart seemed to be struggling with that uh, playmaker Fred. Um, Shane Smeltz uh, got the opening goal. Who um, got the winner? Got the
0: oh, I think
1: we're a, yeah. pa- we're a page missing. Yeah. Um, so Hart, obviously, you know, when they came to Sydney over Christmas, in between Christmas and New Year, one 4 uh, 0, form team in the league. You know, at that point they were really sort of challenging. Mm. Yeah, you know, it seems to have sort of dropped off a little bit. Um, what, what, what? Is, is it as simple as heart without Fred aren't yeah. Melbourne Hart? Well, I mean, is I th- that too
0: simplistic? Well, I mean, I, th- I think a, a lot was obviously built around. I mean, he's the type of player you do build a team around, and, and when he goes, you know, out injured, it's going to make a difference. But what we've seen so much of this season is teams having. You know, with the exception of the Mariners, who have been solid since you know a slightly slow start, but it wasn't even that slow a start. is little bursts of three and four games patches of form. Um, you know, the Perth are currently going through one. Heart just come off the back of going through one, um, and then you you know you've sort of seen it with other teams as well. Sydney had a good start, now they have fallen away, which is kind of a bit classic A League, isn't it? Which makes it so hard to predict. But yeah, I mean, Gloria, Gloria, going you know really well. They're going as well as they should do really with the team that they've got there.
1: Yeah, um, I mean Melbourne. You know, Fred aside, I've got a very young squad. I think uh, I think John little uh, tweeted that 20, their average age 20, was twenty two. Twenty two. Um, yeah. You know, so and, and in sort of Babel, I'd probably say they've probably got the 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 young Australian player of the year. I would say. And that was um, a
0: good a good little teaser against the Perth because the Perth team's not known for having a good young average
1: age, is it? Plenty yeah. of older players in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know they're, they're, they're definitely laying the foundation um, I just think they need those little finishing touches and if it's not Fred then they probably need somebody in there although Gamano was back last night mm. he's missed a fair few games so maybe he'll help sort of galvanise them uh, final game was Gold Coast uh, at home to Wellington another we've seen a few late goals over the last few games uh, Tim Brown late winner header uh, to take all three points to uh, condemn Gold Coast for another couple of weeks at the bottom um, Trev yeah seeing anyone other than Gold Coast with a wooden spoon there
0: um, no I mean it's probably hard to to see anyone else but I, I don't think they're that awful I've certainly I've seen worse wooden spoon winners oh, and then, see, is they're, they're not well,
1: uncompetitive a... you know I mean they've won three drawn five you know they're only six points off the finals
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah which with is, a third you know, of the season to go yeah and and look I think a lot of us Predicted them to come bottom this season, didn't they? When we were doing the tables, and I remember thinking, we were saying at the time, "I can't believe we've got Gold Coast at the bottom," because you wouldn't really think that they should be. Yeah, I think they they might end up down there, um, which is a shame actually, because you know, big Miron fans here, I would have liked him to sort of get them up a little bit higher. And but I think this season was about bringing some of those younger players through, and you know, a couple of them have done well. You know, James Brown being being the most obvious one.
1: Yeah, and obviously this uh, game was uh, memorable for the Miron being mic'd up for Fox Sports twenty twenty style. Um, what did you make of it?
0: I mean, you can't get I, I can't I can't get enough Miron. I'm happy to listen to, <laughs> to listen to him talk. I mean, um, I was saying this to Kevin last week. Sometimes things like this make me feel like the A is a bit like amateur hour sometimes, but they're on the other side. I said that before, and then I did really enjoy his insight, and I felt that it was a good thing. And if it, if it, you know, we're in a position where we're trying to get more fans in, and initiatives like that are probably a good idea. So I look, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's good. Yeah. More, more mirror. I like to see Cosy. I, well. I, I,
1: I slightly misunderstood what it was going to be. I thought he was going to be permanently sort of mic'd up. Not as in they were asking him questions on the bench. I thought it was just going to capture. Everything you've yeah. saying, and they were going to share some of that. I, you know, what they can edit, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I, I don't mind it, you know, if, if the coach is willing to do it. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I guess the danger is 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 the effect on the players, mm. you know, is that if he's, you know, if they're showing him like live audio of him bailing someone out at, at half time or something, you know. Is that really what the the, the players want? Did the you know? Did he ask the players first? Did he yeah. say you know? Hey, I'm going to do this. Is everyone happy with this? You'd sort of hope that he would have done, but sort of think then he wouldn't you think, No, probably didn't. <laughs> no. Um, but certainly, you know, from a, from an innovation perspective, you know, fair play to Miron fair play to Fox Sports. We're in a massively competitive environment and. Yeah, you know, we need to look at every opportunity to engage the fans and and, and get the ratings and get the viewing figures. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, interesting experiment. And be, I'll, who would you like to see? Cozzy uh, Cozzy Coss, Yeah, <laughs> uh, without a doubt, Cosy.
0: And I'd, I'd almost, and, and, you know, I don't particularly want to see any team lose, but perhaps when Adelaide were having a bit of a bad time, just to see the Cozzy something like Peter Reid-esque <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. that
1: would be great yeah they need to get the uh, the beep machine on for. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see and, I'd like to see how he sends his team out and what he says to them at half times like yeah that. yeah be interesting alright well, we, we'll follow that to whoever anyone else uh, puts their hand up to get mic'd up alright that's it for part one extended part one a fair few games to get through We'll be back in part two to uh, look over some of the headlines on our website, au.442.com. This month's 442 magazine is out now and features an exclusive interview with Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas on why he left Arsenal. Plus, we ask if the NSL was better than the A-League. We uncover what happened to the North Queensland Fury players after the club folded, go behind the scenes at EPL New Boys QPR and chat with David Silva, Paul Scholes, Juan Mata, Marco Rojas, Musti Amini, Mazumar Madoka, and Sasha Ognonovsky. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello welcome back to the second part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, let's look at some of the news headlines. Uh, transfer window is open in Europe and... Uh, is it open in the A-League now? I think it just about is, isn't it? Was it the 17th? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, transfer window is open which leads to uh, various headlines links people swooping all over the place making inquiries. he's after Harry Redknapp's favourite time of the year yeah he, he can't stand Christmas he just wants January transfer week, well, he, he just wants from the 29th of January when he starts doing stuff and ringing around <laughs> and seeing who
0: he can get when well, he starts unsettling people yeah. in the press I'd like yeah, a, another striker and
1: another centre midfielder normally a few Aussies have been linked with moves uh, with varying degrees of uh, reliability around those. Uh, there were some reports coming out of Scotland that uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach's Aussie striker Matthew Leckie might be looking to join Aberdeen, but uh, Jean Grimaud, uh Matthew's agent, has been quick to dash uh, to these with water, saying he's, he's not even able to play in Scotland, I'm guessing because of his visa. Um, yeah so uh, so that that one doesn't look like it's one that's uh, it's going to happen uh, he also added that um, he's starting to get more game time at Munson Gladbat in the second half of the season he's happy there and he's doing very well yeah I mean that's
0: a strange one it's a real left field one I, I wouldn't expect him to go to Aberdeen I mean um, it's a shame he's not getting more game time there but I'm, I'm sure if he you know Bides his time, and I'm sure he's learning a lot even while he's not playing first-team football. So, to go to Aberdeen, I kind of hope that doesn't happen. I hope he just gets a bit more first-time
1: football. Uh, one Aussie, the, another young Australian that, that has moved is uh, James Holland. He's left uh, AZ Alkmaar and has signed with Austria-Vienna. 22-year-old, five Socceroos caps. Signed an 18-month contract with the Violets, as yeah. they
0: are known. Yeah, and it needs to be playing. Yeah. 22, yeah, so, I mean... it Needs to be playing, you know, either regular football in Europe or or, or needs to come back because he he certainly was a a promising talent, but I mean it, it seems quite settled in the centre mid for the Socceroos at the moment. You'd think that yeah, and Valeri and, and, and Makaya could move into the middle, and um, would be pretty hard to break through. So he's got, he's got his work cut out if he wants to escalate to the Socceroos.
1: Okay, Rhys Williams uh, was rumoured to move uh, before the start of the season. Uh, Premier League outfits such as Liverpool, West Brom, Newcastle, Bolton, previously Aston Villa, are all uh, reportedly keeping tabs on the 23-year-old. But Tony Mowbray, again, has uh, moved quickly and said he's going nowhere. He's not out of contract. Um, He's comfortable here, and he wants to try and help Middlesbrough get back into the Premier League.
0: Yeah, look, they're going well, Middlesbrough, they're sort of fourth. I think, um, and not far off the automatic promotion places. It's the same at the beginning of the season when Mowbray came out and, and made the comment that I think they had to dramatically reduce their wage bill at Middlesbrough, but Reese, I don't think, falls, because he's a you know young player and what have you, doesn't fall under one of the real high earners that they needed to worry about, so I don't think they're in a position where they have to sell him. So it'd have to be a a pretty size offer which I don't think would come in for him quite yet for him to go
1: yeah I mean I sort of get the feeling that this you know I don't think anything will happen in January I think where it might happen is if Middlesbrough don't get promoted this mm. season not necessarily from the club but I think more from Reese's perspective that he's then going to be you know, moving into his 20, you know, 24 and um, would probably look to be playing Premier League football um, sooner rather than later, but it's good to see the the calibre of clubs that are obviously uh, keeping track of him. So it'd be yeah. great to see her,
0: and lots of clubs as well. You know, yeah, not yeah, just one. Yeah. You know, one coach has, has like the look of him. It looks well, like maybe Chris Hurd can have a word and
1: get him at the Villa. The hmm? uh, Mariners' staff have been paid for January, apparently, um, but a potential a, a mooted takeover by Russians has, uh, remains up in the air, said uh, club insiders. Um... But it's good to hear that they have been paid. Uh, there's been some doubts over that, and uh, the, the Russian businessman uh, spent time in Gosford and with the FFA in Sydney um, before returning to Russia to report their findings. Trev, when you make this, obviously they're you know they're nine points clear. Yeah. Um, but I guess the issue, as we've already seen with with Matt Simon leaving, is that the longer that the Mariners' future sort of you know. Medium to long term financial future remains in doubt. The the more of an effect that's going to have on the current players who are like, Hang on a minute, well, you know, my, my pay is, you know, it's
0: a it, job. Not <laughs> <going> <laughs> yeah, yeah, know, it's, it's a money. career
1: for them. And it's like, as it gets towards the end of the season and it's still not sorted, mm. um, players might look to, to go elsewhere. Graham Arnold might look to go elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want this hanging over you going into the final series. I mean we've seen it at so many clubs that have had financial problems and how it's affected results on the pitch. Um, and Arnie will be saying to the you know players just to concentrate on playing, everything's going well, we, you know, we've the best chance we've ever had to sort of break those ducks of, of losing grand finals. Um, but yeah, if if, if I mean it was it Matt Simon's sale that enabled them to be paid? I mean they can't afford yeah, to maybe. sell a player every month, yeah. can they, to keep things going?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Melbourne Arts CEO Scott Mann said, he, you know, finding a short-term replacement for Fred um, is proving tough. Uh, although they are looking at Paul Reed, um, the ex-Adelaide player, uh, who I believe they're sort of on a trial and they're, they're assessing his fitness and you know whether he can sort of step in straight away. If it's going to take him two or three weeks to get fit, then I think uh, you know they, they'd probably be less likely to take him. Um, Hart are also going to lose players to the Ollie Roos uh, in February. Um it's been limited at 3 per but, club. Yeah, per club um, yeah. so cuz Hart might have lost even more than that. Um so yeah, so uh, uh, the injury replacement Trev? I mean Paul Reid's a experienced
0: solid player but he's not you know the kind of creative player that Fred is and the whole point of bringing Fred in is that Hart had all these you know, quick players and getting behind defensive and it's Fred's balls that were going to unlock them so to speak um, and I, I can't see Paul Reid playing that kind of role he's he more of a water carrier isn't he than a creator so they're going to miss him massively and especially as results result have waned in recent weeks as well um, and there's like you were saying you know victory in Adelaide coming through strongly that despite the fact they're sniffing around the top two they they might end up holding on to their finals place
1: yeah okay uh, A-League so this is uh, this is from ADO, but part of a feature sort of for the magazine. Eh? We've been. Do you want to talk through this? We'll yeah. To some of the the A League's founding fathers. Exactly. Yeah, we've, we've
0: spoken to five players: in um, Matt Thompson, Archie Thompson, Alex Wilkinson, um, Terry McFlynn, and Clint Bolton. Um, you know, five players that have, have been been in the league since the very start, and just getting their views on on how things have evolved, really. Um, and one of the things that w- I know one of the most common things come out of the feature Is how much the Despite some of the fans Dropping off in certain places um, They've definitely seen The standard of play And professionalism Lift every single year um, Which I think is probably The most important thing really I'm, I'm confident the crowds Will come back But if, if the league Wasn't worth watching Or the league wasn't Up to standard Then that's a deeper Deeper problem That takes a lot more
1: work Yep Okay, Uh, Chris Hurd, unfortunately, Villa player uh, and uh, fringe socceru is facing another month out of action with his ankle ligament problem, which is a shame. He's just signed a new contract, um, and and obviously broken through and was for a a short period first choice in the centre of midfield. So, um, so it's a bit of a shame. I wish him all the best. Hope that he's uh, he's uh, for a number of levels. Hope he's back as soon as possible.
0: And hopefully his replacement doesn't play too well.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> no, we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about Twittergate.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, anyone that is is active on Australian football social media uh, would have seen Robbie Slater's epic rant, uh, which was in response to Craig Foster's article in the um, in the Herald Sun in Sydney on uh, on Sunday, uh, where he predictably. Um, questioned Magilton's appointment at uh, Melbourne Victory. Mm. Uh, The first reason for that was the fact that he was British. Um, Trev? Yep. Robbie Slater called it racist. I think that's probably a little bit too far.
0: Um, I I think the problem... There was two points where Robbie Slater fell down, and I think he's right to call Foz out, on it, because it is a long-term anti-British campaign. I was actually... um, most shocked, most annoyed from Fozzie during the FA Cup final. I don't know if you're following him during that, but it was just constant insults towards Stoke and the way they play and how it's a disgrace. And alright, Stoke do play a certain style, but they're in an FA Cup final against a Manchester City team that have gone out and bought the best players in the world. And I think that they should have been given a little bit of respect. And there's no doubt that Fozzie has got a long term, slightly anti British slant, but. In, what The two mistakes that Slater made was, one, I think calling it racist probably went too far. I mean, even xenophobic would have, you know, not been quite so bad. And second, I don't think he needed to mention the Tahiti thing. Yeah. You know, I think you take those two things out, and then Slater had a watertight, you know, argument ag- against Foz. But, because yeah, he mean, did,
1: it, it, it seems overly emotional. Is, is, you know, if you're going to question the guy's appointment, question it on facts. You know, mm. say but did did Foz watch his Ipswich sides as he could he give a scouting report on his Ipswich sides you know did he talk about him as a player the first thing he led with was the fact that he was British therefore he's going to play this type of football yeah you don't know that anymore well he's he's claimed he's not going to you can't can't say that anymore you know like on one hand you can't you can't praise Brendan Rodgers to the hilt as being a british coach and then on the other hand say that every british coach plays crap football yeah you know so i just think i just think the the nationality of the coach is irrelevant mm. talk about the football you know play the man play the ball not the man
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah but i mean you know majillo's come out and said that he actually does want to play more of a sh- you know short passing if to come and and said you know oh you know it's all about winning it's going to be direct and then Perhaps he'd have some substance to it, but he, you know, he hasn't. And also, I, th- I think you, know, you, you need to sometimes check where the A-League's at, right? I mean, if, for example, um, let's say Sam Allardyce was appointed at an A-League club, you know, that would be a massive. I'm just saying because I'm a West Ham fan, but this is a guy who's a you know experienced Premier League manager. Would you then be complaining? Oh no, we don't want Sam Allardyce. Of course, someone would want Sam Allardyce. <laughs> yeah. it would be
1: mad. wouldn't it? The, thing, the thing that makes me laugh is is also Foz always goes that just that one step too far. Mm. Like it was like the PIM with uh, being answerable. To and presenting his tactics to a panel of ex socceroos. (laughs) Yeah. Then he went, that's right, the only people that should be allowed to come from overseas are people that have won things or had success in prime sort of like leagues around the world. Yeah. And that doesn't include the Championship. Well, championship is, you know, rated as what, sixth, seventh best sort of quality league in the world. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so, but as you say, who is going to come from managing in La Liga? or yeah. the Premier League to manage in, in a salary cap league with 23 people which is six months of the year it's not going to happen no yeah, you know, it's just the same as not every team can play like Barcelona because no other team has Lionel Messi Xavi and Iniesta yeah, exactly. everyone else has to find time to try and stop them yeah. know, find out how they can stop them playing or play their own game or whatever
0: and I love that I love that football's contrasting styles that's why it's so fascinating Absolutely. And, and, and what I, th- what I think with we've, we've Foz sometimes he, he almost strikes me as as one of those like um American evangelist preachers where there's only one way to do things, and this yeah. is how we should do it, and you know you know follow the light, this is the way to go, and that that's just not what football's about it's more complicated than that
1: yeah, but anyway, massively entertaining, just to, you know t- Twitter was the winner <laughs> <laughs> do you think the thing about twitter
0: like if you were writing a blog, you go away calm down have a coffee then you start yeah, writing it and then it's different but on Twitter you can just start texting it and you on. sort of
1: sense that as someone's <laughs> typing the first tweet they're getting angrier yeah. and angrier and then the second one takes it up a notch and the next one takes it yeah. up a notch love it anyway uh, at least they're both passionate about it and ultimately two different approaches but I think both of them want football to succeed here Yeah, I oh, want yeah, to see A-League teams playing good football I don't think any of us uh, Disagree with that sentiment, so uh, we'll see where it goes from here. All right, that's it for part two. We'll be back in part three, where we're going to cast our eye over the motherland and have a look at what's been going on in the English Premier League. So, Foz, you can turn off now. (laughs) Before instantly stop snoring. After instantly stop snoring.
0: Before instantly stop snoring. After instantly stop snoring. Snoring is generally caused by incorrect tongue placement. Instantly Stop Snoring provides a simple mouth guard designed to hold the lower jaw stable, forward and clear of the airways. Here's the number you've been searching for. 1-800-991-259 That's 1-800-991-259 for Instantly Stop Snoring. Back to 442
1: Insider. Hello and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast, part three. We are looking at English Premier League. Let's start off with looking back on the last round of results, Trev. Monday night, Man City. Uh, not really convincing, but got the win they needed. That's probably, uh, you know, at this stage of the season, that's important. The ability to go to places like Wigan and, and get an ugly 1-0 win.
0: Yeah, and a, a Wigan team that's batting down the bottom there and... Still try and play a little bit of football, aren't they? And they're saying they're not going to turn their yeah. back on that either.
1: Yeah. Uh, Newcastle, um, plenty of people said that they might struggle uh, when Denver Barr went away to the African Cup of Nations and Czech Tiote, but they got 1 0 win. Mark Hughes' his first game as QPR manager ended in a defeat. Um, best with the uh, winner on 37 minutes. And so Newcastle's still top six. Yeah, I Just mean, ahead it, of uh,
0: Liverpool. Who spent. <laughs> You know, an incredible amount of money, and it's interesting how Newcastle have spent that thirty-five million they got for uh, that Andy Carroll guy and, the, and a good spread of players. You know, who well, in just and Well, sign they signed another really
1: Senegalese striker, Cisse, yeah. who uh, who's uh, free to join them after the uh, African Cup of Nations. Uh, yeah. So it'd be very whether that. I mean, I, I guess the question mark is: Does that mean Bars' time there is limited, or are they going to play together? Yeah. Um, so yeah, all right, let's. I mean, let's talk about. Yeah, probably the result of the weekend the game, um, just
0: an incredible game to watch yeah well, you know,
1: every- Swansea three Arsenal <clears> two um, and yeah, obviously there's been a lot of column inches devoted to this uh, and the way that Brendan Rogers team is developing and playing football um, I mean obviously this is uh, this goes back to talking about Wigan Roberto Martinez started this Yeah, it's sort of vision and philosophy there at Swansea about the way they were going to play football. I thought the the nicest uh, stat I heard was that um, nine years ago to the day when this happened, Swansea were the 92nd team in the football league. They were bottom of the fourth division, Hmm. and Arsenal were top of the Premier League. Yeah. And nine years later, they've uh, they've beaten them, playing great football. Yeah, I mean it was. you wouldn't perhaps pick it, would you? Swansea Arsenal to be that display
0: of you know the best football you're going to see in the league this season, but it, it really was, and it it had everything, didn't it? You know the pendulum scoreline and you know goals and good football, and yeah, it was just it was just a fantastic game.
1: Yeah, and I've seen some of the, the in the aftermath some of the stats that uh, Britain and. Um in the centre of the midfield but Britain is, uh, is I think second only to one of the Barcelona players uh, in pass completion rate in Europe this season mm. well, and Western. they've got two in the top seven Swansea um, so he's got a better pla- the only player that has got a better pass completion rate is Thiago at Barcelona
0: I th- when I saw you tweet that, I thought you meant Britain is in the country and you'd spelt it wrong. No, uh, <laughs> Leon, you mean? Leon, Britain. You yeah. at West Ham actually. Really? So th- another Tony Carr you know, the academy guy
1: who bought. Well, there's a bit of talk about it. is he a bolter for the European Championships? Yeah, you know, he's English, plays centre midfield, doesn't give the ball away, you know, and if if people like Jack Wilshere. You know, are, are struggling to be fit. I mean, you, you've got you've got a question whether you take Jack Wiltshire after the season that he's had. I mean, there's, there's still no, no sign of when he's going to play again.
0: No, yeah, you, you feel that you know Park, Parker which would be the first choices, but would he be ahead of Carrick? I mean, it'd be a brave decision, wouldn't it, to not yeah know, take a man new player ahead? But why not? If he's, do, if he's doing the goods, and he's he's doing it a top ten Premier League team. Then there's a reason
1: to. Yeah, it was Swansea are top ten now, tenth. Uh, 26 points. Uh, Villa Everton played out a one-all draw. Dan Bent opening the scoring before being cancelled out by Victor Anicibi on 69 minutes. Blackburn continued their mini-revival with a 3-1 win at uh, home to Fulham.
0: Out the relegation and zone. Out the
1: relegation zone for the first time. Doesn't <laughs> really seem like the tide's turning from the fans perspective up there but no, the, the players play- still seem to be behind him, which is the most important thing.
0: We've hit a, Steve Keen's team's hit a good run going into. I mean, if you are going to sack someone, sack them in the December, so a new co- new coach has got January to you know do things in the transfer market. Yeah. If you can get through this, this is what happened with Avram Grant at West Ham last season. They had a good little run into January. Okay, we'll give him a chance, and he didn't win any more games.
1: <laughs> any more games, yeah. Well, obviously they'll be hurt. It's, you know, Samba's, uh asked for a, a transfer, uh, which would be a blow. Um, so let's see how they, they get over that um, Chelsea won Sunderland 0 uh, again not the most convincing performance from Chelsea mm. Sunderland created a lot of chances there um,
0: I, I'd, I'd back Sunderland you know in this game I felt they, they could go there and, and get an upset and look at it. if they finished
1: slightly better then uh, they could have done Liverpool continued their, uh, their disappointing form at home 0-0 draw with Stoke I mean Liverpool are now undefeated at home but have drawn 7 of their 11 games
0: yeah yeah I mean you know they're not far off Champions League places but if they just turned you know three of those results three of those seven into wins then yeah. they'll be up there
1: they'll be in there Man U uh, won 3 nil, comfortable win against Bolton uh, Paul Scholes back in the team re-signed back on the score sheets. Danny Welbeck Michael Carrick uh, regulation win there um, kept them in touch with Man City so Man City are now three points clear Tottenham just as people were talking about Tottenham has been title challengers, finally they go and stutter at home to Wolves
0: yeah T- Tottenham have a really tough run coming up but particularly a really tough run away from home coming up um, we- we'll talk in the game they've got this week in a bit but they've also you've got trips to Chelsea and Arsenal and I think they've got Man U at home so in terms of them as, as title contenders um, I think their, their next six games on the road are, are really tough including Everton and Sunderland in there as well so um, I think the reason that they're up there at the moment is because they've had
1: a, a slightly easier run of late. Okay. Um, West Brom lost at home to Norwich. Uh, Norwich again, another promoted side mm. coming up. Young manager, um, much touted young manager in Paul Lambert. They're actually uh, two points ahead of Swansea. So, if we're Ninth, paying I mean. Swansea credit. We should also be paying Paul Lambert's Norwich uh, credit there as well. Again, you know. Probably not quite as beautiful a football as uh, as Swansea. You know, they're not averse to uh, lumping it up to Grant Holt, but they're you know they seem to have the ability to play when they want to. Mm. Um, and you know, could this be the first season where we see um, all three sides stay up?
0: Possibly, yeah. I mean, especially as, as QPR are supposed to spend some money, got a new coach in Mark Hughes that will make him very hard to beat. And I'm still not convinced about Blackburn and Wolves. And even West Brom, who are just above the relegation zone. So I'd, I'd still expect QPR to stay on.
1: OK. All right, let's look forward to this weekend's games. Uh, we'll run through them in order Saturday. Uh, Norwich at home to Chelsea. Um, interesting game, yeah. this. Because, yeah, you know, I'd say that Norwich have got every opportunity of winning that.
0: And that's the early kick-off. I people want to wanna, wanna watch it. Um, I, I think that might be a draw, actually.
1: Uh, obviously... Uh... Drogba away at uh, African Cup of Nations with Ivory Coast. Gives uh, Torres the chance to... To, to play. Yeah, <laughs> to play football. Play. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, the goal against Sunderland, he must just think, well, what do I have to do? Mm. Yeah. Fly in, sort of scissor kick volley, hits the underside of the bar and then bounces off Frank Lampard and goes in. You know, I just, uh, just think, oh, the poor bloke. But anyway he's not a poor bloke is no, he? no, no. he's a ridiculously rich bloke but you know what I mean um, Everton at home to Blackburn uh, as you said Blackburn on a little bit of a mini revival um, they've only won once away from home though this season so far uh, Everton not as convincing as they normally are at good as in this season they've lost five games at home So,
0: and we're waiting for Cahill to break this duck. I mean he, he didn't score for Everton in 2011 I mean, considering how how important he was for that, it's December 2010 the last time he scored. So I mean, um,
1: it's, you know, it's important for the Socceroos and, and interesting for us that he, he regains that form. Yeah, Fulham entertain Newcastle. Mm. Uh, Newcastle, obviously, as we said, uh, still up in sixth place at the moment, uh, level on points with Arsenal. Uh, Fulham always a you know a tough place to go. Um, although, you know, not been utterly convincing over recent weeks. Uh, you don't think they'll you don't really think they'll be in trouble but they're not really um, particularly at home they're normally very strong at home haven't been quite as convincing this year
0: mm. that, I mean it, that's about right for Fulham though isn't it we expect them to sort of knock around
1: between 8th and 14th right? yeah uh, QPR Mark Hughes his, uh, first home game in the league uh, obviously they they uh, scraped through against MK Dons in the FA Cup which gave him his first win as manager they entertain Wigan bottom of the table Wigan Wigan uh, QPR currently 18th, two points ahead. So big game for Wigan this. They could leapfrog QPR if they win it. I mean, um, if,
0: yeah, first home game against the bottom side. Um, you'd, you'd hope that'd be a good start for them.
1: Uh, Stoke entertain West Brom, sort of a local derby. Yep. Uh,
0: I'd expect Stoke to win
1: that. Or... Yeah, you probably would, wouldn't you? Know? I mean, Stoke again. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't start off the best. Yeah, you know, we were talking about them. Um, having spent a fair bit of money and looking to make that sort of next step up from yeah a promoted team that was trying to consolidate into a you know steady Premier League team that could challenge for yeah. Europe um they're there in 8th you know there's, there's a bit of a gap they're 5 points behind Liverpool but you know if they can sort of hold, maintain that sort of position you know, that that's, that's a great result for Stoke I think yeah, yeah. um mine O'Neill's resurgent Sunderland uh, at home to Swansea
0: this
1: could be a cracking game
0: yeah it should be a good game Swansea on a high Sunderland certainly you know up to 12th and don't seem like they're going to be dragged into a relegation this season
1: another local derby Wolves uh, Wolves versus the Villa uh, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon I don't know. So, I mean,
0: that, that, that's inter- that's interesting in terms of them closing the gap. Oh, mate. If, mean, know, if they yeah, win.
1: We are not out of that at all. We're only seven points off the relegation zone. A couple of, couple of defeats. We're right back in it. Um, Bolton in St. Liverpool on uh, the last game on Saturday. It's the late game, 5.30. Bolton um, who
0: shockers at home and lost eight of their ten games. Yeah,
1: game. God, and that's and I guess you know when I was listening to I think it was on the BBC you know they were sort of saying that that one of the problems that that Bolton have got is that they can't afford to get rid of Owen Coyle they can't afford to pay him out they can't afford to sack him
0: he was the next Um, big thing wasn't he yeah, they're
1: they're massively in debt apparently Um, you know and that's uh, that's that's yeah he was touted as one of the you know almost like Brendan Rodgers like bright young thing bringing up Burnley and just goes to show Uh, obviously they've sold Gary Cale now to Chelsea um, to recoup some of those uh, that deficit that they have financially
0: who played well right up until the end actually Gary Cahill
1: yeah. you know it's quite obvious he was going to move but he, he was an important part right Went to the last kick uh, Man these are the two big games of the week uh, Super Sunday I'm sure they're calling it in the UK on Sky but uh, Man City's Tottenham in the first game huge game this for Tottenham yeah um, less so for Man City you know they've got they've got a three point buffer you'd probably say they're, they're, they're wouldn't be averse to a draw here, yeah. Um, although their home form is ridiculous, played 10, <laughs> uh, goals 4 31 against four,
0: yeah. And and if they beat Tottenham, they'll, they'll go eight points clear of Tottenham, and I think that probably be almost the end of, of, of Tottenham's charge for, yeah. the, for the But team.
1: from a Tottenham perspective, win this game, you're within two points, yeah. of, uh, of the leaders. Uh, and then a the late game Obviously they'll know The result of this one Is Arsenal versus Man United So again Man United If, uh, if Spurs do get a result At Man City Man United have a chance To go uh, back level uh, There's a three point gap Currently what, Worth getting up Monday morning for this Not sure At three o'clock In the morning though Might be IQ for me mate. No. Yeah, IQ it I reckon uh, How do you see this one go? Um, draw I think one will draw and I don't think Fergie would be too disappointed about that but I, I think City would beat Tottenham yeah possibly uh, a, another stage set for Thierry Henry to roll back the years
0: yeah perhaps I'll, like, he was a hero one week and he was arguing with a fan the following week wasn't he after, <laughs> after the Swansea defeat yeah, yeah maybe maybe I mean he, he's a late cameo come on score the winner scored a couple of crackers against Manu over the years didn't he so yeah,
1: yeah. alright that is it uh, for part three. We will be back in the final part. Just to uh, just look forward to this weekend's fixtures in the uh, A League, and also uh, just have a quick look for the, the W League semi-finals that are happening this weekend. This month's 442 magazine is out now and features an exclusive interview with Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas on why he left Arsenal. Plus, we ask if the NSL was better than the A-League. We uncover what happened to the North Queensland Fury players after the club folded, go behind the scenes at EPL New Boys, QPR and chat with David Silva, Paul Scholes, Juan Mata, Marco Rojas, Musti Amini, Masimo Madoka and Sasha Ognanovsky. <laughs> The
0: latest on the world game This is 442 Insider
1: Hello and welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast We are going to look forward to This weekend's domestic football action Let's kick off with the A-League And Friday the 20th Sees Newcastle Jets host Wellington Phoenix mm-hmm. At Osgrid Trevlar
0: Yep, Jets Great at home so far this se- season And I expect them to carry on winning there um, you know, Jets aren't in the worst position, really. They're on eighteen. I mean, they're, they're down in ninth, but they're on eighteen points. And you think a uh, Sydney team are in twentieth that I don't think are much better than the Jets. That um, you know, they've got every right to stake a claim on on sneaking into the final somehow.
1: Okay, um, Cozzy's undefeated record goes on the line heading uh, up to Gosford on Saturday, mm. take on runaway leaders Central Coast. Yeah. Um, can he get something out of this?
0: Uh, I wouldn't think so. No, like like I say, I mean, Adelaide will go there and they'll be a hell of a lot harder to beat than they would have been at the beginning of the season. Um, and they've got people like Van Dijk who can win the matches with a sort of you know moment of brilliance. But like I say about the Mariners, I mean, what, what's the, I mean, seventeen games the Mariners they've let in eleven goals. I mean, that is a really, really strong record, isn't it? Um, and even, you know, when they go behind, they seem to somehow find a way of of getting a goal, even though it doesn't look like a team that's full of natural goal scorers, does it? No. But the, the set-up... I mean, even such- with
1: Matt Simon. Yeah. It doesn't look like a team full of natural goal scorers.
0: No, no. And, and you know, I, I think the Mariners are going to go for the rest of the season, winning a lot of games by a single goal. Um, and this will probably be a case in
1: point. OK. Uh, Melbourne Heart entertain uh, Brisbane Raw in what you I'd probably say is the tie I'm looking forward to most should weekend. be some good football yeah it should be good um, football I think Babalge rather than necessarily being injured I think was sort of rested uh, yeah. last night and the, 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 that he will be fit for uh, for Saturday which will, which will make a difference I think for, for Melbourne Heart um, Brisbane obviously can't help but have a spring in their step after, uh, after the, the manner of their victory against Sydney FC mm. um, you know Brisbane running out of games really to catch the mariners if they don 't sort of win games like this mm. Um you think you know they really need to be picking up three points rather than one I mean, there's what, ten games left and they've uh, you know there's a nine point gap so
0: i mean either way that that would be an intriguing battle to host at grand final and it Mariners versus raw because um i can 't see the winner of this competition coming out of anyone except those two um, you know heart find themselves in third but they've lost the last couple of home games haven't they by their goal and um, I think this one would be a draw um, but it could be a,
1: a really entertaining draw OK I'm going to tip Brisbane they're going uh, to have too much um, Perth entertain Melbourne victory so Jim Magilton second game in charge uh, schlepping out to uh, to WA um, Perth in, in decent form you yeah know, to be selling always, always tough at NIB so uh, can you see victory getting anything out of this
0: um, well, you know, if, if they do, they'll leapfrog glory in, in the table, glory fifth at the moment and, and victory is seventh. So that's a pretty big, um, you know, carrot for them. Um, no, no, I don't think, I think, it, I think this might be another draw, actually, um, or a Perth win. I, I would be surprised to see victory go there and win, just because I think Perth are going well at the moment and they're they're pretty decent at home and I think they're still finding their feet at the moment, victory under a new coach, so. Okay. Draw, though. Draw.
1: Alright, Sydney host Gold Coast United. Uh I think I'm right in saying this was Sydney's last or only win at home this season was yeah. when they were 2 0 down and they came back and won three two. Because there was the win at Cogra, but I'm talking about the SFS. Uh, yeah, Sydney need a win, without a doubt, you know, they they needed a win last night, they didn't get it. Um again. The circumstances in which they didn't get the win you know there, there were good one-all draws and there were bad one-all draws had the roles been reversed and mm. Sydney would have got the 88th minute equaliser you sort of feel okay there's a bit of momentum there but that would have been another deflating result yesterday I mean you saw as the equaliser went in the players with their hands on their heads and this, I can't believe this happened again you know they, they've really got a their ideas up, and I think just get into Gold Coast early. There, there's too many games, particularly at home. They've they've ended up being two nil down in the first half.
0: Yeah, and and Gold Coast win this within three points of Sydney. Yeah, They're currently in the final position. So, um, I'm I'm gonna stick my neck out and say Gold Coast are gonna win. I just don't see any spark in Sydney. I, I don't know what's gonna turn around for them really. Um, and I think the the Gold Coast are, are better than their league position and better than their points suggest. Um, they might have a, a point to prove. I've thrown it away last time. I'm going to go Gold Coast. Okay. Uh,
1: and the 25th, which is uh, next Wednesday, sees the uh, continuation of what they call the community round. So where uh, the FFA are taking the game out into uh, into regional areas, uh, and this one is Bathurst, uh, way mm-hmm. out west, which we'll see Adelaide host Newcastle Jets.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, w- I would expect Adelaide to win that one. Um, hope there is a good crowd. Hope that you know the, the community around is designed for other people to get to see their A League teams or an A an, an League team. Um, and yeah, I think a, a resurgent Adelaide, um, who might have had a tough time at the Mariners a few days previous, will, will win that one.
1: Okay. Um, also, just a word uh, for the girls: uh, W League uh, begins to reach its uh, its climax this weekend uh, with the semi-finals, which is uh, Brisbane Roar against uh, Sydney FC and Canberra against Melbourne victory um, obviously Canberra runaway leaders uh, in the league mm. um, and had, had a fantastic season uh, shoot, you know favourites obviously to beat fourth place the Melbourne victory I mean they finished seven points clear of them uh, in, during the regular season um, unfortunately both neither of these games are on live after the ABC having shown them all season showing one game a week um,
0: I think they've got other commitments to cricket is it that's the reasons I, I think there's
1: yeah no, no, I think they're showing highlights but then obviously the grand final next weekend um, is on live uh, so I see uh, Sydney travel up to Brisbane where they where they lost uh, last week so um who, who would you be tips i mean it 's difficult to see Melbourne beating Canberra, Canberra have been so dominant this season um, yeah
0: yeah it 's actually um, quite intriguingly balanced because Brisbane and Sydney have been the traditional powerhouses of the league really, and, and the two stronger teams, but now you 've got Canberra who have come through to be the best team this season, so assuming that Canberra do make the final, um, they 're really going to be tested in that grand final against you know one of the two best teams who i 'd expect to be Brisbane. Um, and then you've got a really nice setup with you with know, Canberra-Brisbane in the final. Um, yeah, that, that's how I see it pan out. I, I, I might go to Brisbane to win the whole thing.
1: Really? Yeah. No, I'm going to tick Canberra. I think they'll win tomorrow. I think they'll host the grand final. So they're in the grand final in I think it's season one. Uh, so this, this will be the second grand final. Um, I'm going to tick Canberra to uh, to get the next two wins that they need and uh, and take their, uh, the trophy um, as I said ABC one there's a one hour highlights package at uh, six pm on Saturday um, so uh, you can keep up to date uh, and obviously I'm sure Twitter will be a buzz with live coverage if you can't wait for the uh, for the highlights and then the grand final will be on live next week all right that is all for this week's four four two insider podcast uh, thanks Trev Thank we will be back next week, get out, enjoy your A-League enjoy your W-League, get to a game if you can and we'll be back next week to to pick the bones out of everything, we'll see you then 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services